Hello everyone and welcome to the Child of a Library podcast where we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. What a crazy few weeks lie behind me. There's this big private project going on at the moment that takes up really a lot of time and brain power additionally to my actual work. So I feel pretty exhausted some days, to be honest. And worst of all, I am in a bit of a reading slump. I'm keeping myself afloat with manga and audiobooks though. I'm currently following along two manga series that I really, really, really love, which are Fruits Basket and Moriarty the Patriot, but I will talk about them in an upcoming episode for sure. So I will just briefly touch upon them here in this episode. But they really keep my Goodreads goal alive, I can tell you. <laughs> but before I fell into my reading slump, I read a book that I really, really enjoyed. And I'm not sure, maybe it also caused the reading slump, as it was a really impactful contemporary novel. And this really hit close to home in some ways. Not all, but some. And maybe that also exhausted my reading brain. <laughs> but I want to make use of the momentum and talk about it because it really made me reflect on certain things and I thought it would be a great addition to my podcast portfolio. But first things first, before I jump into the story, I wanted to shout out the reading setup with which I consumed this book because I read it on my e-reader and I remembered why I enjoyed this so much when I actually fell back in love with reading after I graduated university. You can read so quickly on the e-reader, it's not heavy at all. And what is especially useful if you are a podcaster or a bookish content creator of any kind and you want to reference quotes, you can highlight the sections you want and then at the end you can do an export of the notes and they are sent to your email address. Ah. Technology at its finest, I can tell you. It was such a great help for this episode. So don't be irritated in case I use quotes a lot to underline my points in this podcast. It was just too convenient. Hmm. To be honest, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to call this episode yet. But depending on that, you might already know what I will be talking about. But if you are a frequent listener of the podcast and just click on every episode regardless of the title, first of all, really appreciate it. Secondly, then maybe it really is not yet 100% clear what book I will be talking about. A few weeks ago was Koreadathon. And to everyone who does not know, this is a one week long readathon hosted by two Australian YouTubers with Korean ancestry who want to celebrate their heritage and shout out Korean culture and books, especially during this week. So there are usually a couple of different challenges throughout that week, most of them bookish, where you have different prompts to read different books and also some others like cooking a Korean meal, which I also did, I'm very proud of that. And it was absolutely delicious. And even my husband also really enjoyed it and wanted me to cook it again. So a big win over here. But because I usually do not have the time to commit to too many books to read in one week, if I have a regular work week and I'm not on holiday, I chose one specific book. And that was Kim Ji-young, born 1982 by Cho Namju. This is a book that is surrounded by a lot of buzz and also caused a lot of discussion in its native country, Korea. 
It basically deals with the typical life of an average Korean woman born in the 1980s. And we follow Kim Ji Young's life from her childhood through her becoming a mother herself and what hardships are thrown at her by society. Objectively speaking, there's not a lot that happens plot-wise that seems extraordinary in quotation marks, but this is exactly not what the book aims for. It wants to show that this is an average experience of the women of that time, accentuated by the fact that Kim Ji-young was actually the most given name to females born in 1982. And this book really highlights that a lot of the hardships that Kim Ji-young faces are not only individual, but they are really systematical. And yes, while one could argue that maybe by now the situation has become better for women in Korea, the pure fact that it sparked so much discussion is an indicator that quite a lot of people must have felt called out for actions that they might have supported or still do that also lead down that path. But now to dive a bit deeper into the story. But I warn you, we go into full spoiler territory. So I want you. <laughs> so Kim Ji Young's life definitely starts off under a bad star because she already has an older sister. So her parents feel the pressure to also have a baby boy. So when Kim Ji Young arrives, another girl, her parents feel the disappointment from the wider family. Now the mother loves both girls to bits, don't get me wrong, but especially from her mother-in-law and other family members, the mother constantly gets advice on how to receive a baby boy finally. Now when Ji Young's and her sister's little brother finally arrives, a big weight is lifted off the family's chest, but the boy, especially from the grandmother's side, gets so many perks compared to the two girls, it is incredibly unfair. And while the mother is reflective enough of the situation that she realizes that she needs to step in and be a special support for the girls. The grandmother, with no ounce of her being, questions that what she is doing to the girls is bad. I mean, she was raised in the belief that men are to be treated better, but she never gets any ideas that maybe women of the next generations should not be raised the same way. For example, there was this one passage that said she truly believed he was a decent husband to her for not sleeping around and not hitting her. Okay, this is a pretty low standard. But while her husband was not at all hardworking and also did not support the family and bring home the money, the grandmother had to do everything. She needed to raise their sons. She needed to make money on the side. She was responsible for the entire household. But she still believed that it was the man's job to bring honor and therefore treated Ji Young's brother like the prince and Ji Young and her sister like the lesser grandchildren. And because society supported that claim so vehemently, Ji Young and her sister grew up supporting and helping to only give the very best to their brother without ever questioning their role. There was even that one quote that said, if there were two treats the girls shared, it didn't occur to Chao Ji Young that her brother was receiving special treatment. And so she wasn't even jealous. That's how it had always been until the two girls finally do question it and realize how unfair certain things simply had been. 
But the systematic disadvantages for women, they really progress throughout Jiang's life. In school, for example, the kids in a class are numbered in order to go to eat their lunch. The first numbers always go to the boys and all the girls go last. And because the school never changes up the order in which they eat, the girls always had less time to eat because, of course, for the girls, they do not extend the overall break so that they have the same amount of time as the boy students. Now I know we all know someone who is a slow eater. We all do. <laughs> Now imagine that person that you personally know being screamed at by the teachers overseeing the lunch break to eat faster, even though that person got their food after everyone else. And you know how much they struggle with that pressure. It's so unfair, right? So luckily there's a girl in Jiang's class who is sort of emboldened enough to speak up and after laying down a fair argument, she gets credit from the teachers and they change the system so that the boys and the girls start interchangeably with their lunch, which was a small victory, but one that really showed Jiang that small changes can make improvements still. But this was, of course, not everything that happened in her school time. There's that one passage where we learn that, quote unquote, Students also thought that girls were smarter, more mature and better with detailed work. But they somehow always elected boys to be class monitors. So also in school, the positions of responsibility within the class often went to the boys and they were elected by the students. So there you really see that this is because of this long ranging systematic stereotype within their heads, even at such a young age, that really drives them to these actions. And it was really interesting to see that laid out so barely in that book. So we follow Kim Ji-young through her life, school, university, at home, at her workplace, and finally the decision to have a child or not, and how many disadvantages it theoretically brings for her and her career, her life and her body versus that of her husband. Now, don't get me wrong. The husband is very supportive. I will get to that in a little bit, but she does bring up some points that are clearly not disputable that have a negative impact for her. And one aspect that really resonated with me is that at one point we get an insight on a female superior of Ji Young at work in a marketing job. So everyone who's been listening to my former episodes, they know that this is also a very personal link to myself and how Ji Young superior worked really hard to get where she is now and how she is conscious that she sets examples and also precedences for all women in her team and how they can balance their work with the rest of the tasks that fall upon women's shoulders. And this really got me thinking as a group head with female team members myself in the company I work. And this really also made me very aware of my actions, which this alone, I'm very grateful for that I read this book. You truly learn with every book you read, even if you don't think that you would necessarily. So great shout out to reading books in general, <laughs> because they really help you grow, sometimes in very unexpected ways. Now, I don't want to talk about all the different situations Ji Young encounters. I'm pretty sure that some of you may already be able to think of some from the top of your heads, from own experience or from what you were told by others in your life. And I think the book is best experienced without knowing every single situation, but to follow Ji Young and experience them 
alongside her. But maybe just three more things before I leave you to yourself and you hopefully pick up the book as well. First, what I really loved is that throughout her life, she also meets women who empower her and open her views to what could be. Like, for example, her mom with this lovely quote when she redesigns the room of Ji Yang and her sister. And I quote, On the opposite wall, she hung a large map of the world. See this here? This is Seoul. It's just a dot. A dot. We all of us are living in this tiny cramped dot. You may not get to see all of it, but I want you to know it's a wide world out there. So the mother really took it upon her to also open the girls' minds and to show them there's more than what they can immediately see. Secondly, while there are some situations where they have different standpoints, which you just sometimes have as a couple, Ji Young's husband really stands by her and supports her even against his own family, which I found very refreshing. Finally, a lot of criticism that went towards the book was that men are depicted very negatively in this book. And yes, as Ji Young's encounters that are retold in this book are mostly told because they had some sort of also negative effect. That is a very prevalent part of the story. But the role of her husband also definitely brought back some redeeming qualities and balanced out the scales a bit. And then thirdly, and lastly, one super interesting point that is not really a spoiler because it basically happens in the first few chapters of the book is that we actually do not start with Ji Young's childhood in the narrative. We start with her as a young mother who has a mental breakdown and starts to impersonate the women around her from her mother to a university friend and so on and so on. So she sort of channels these strong women of her acquaintance and reacts in situations like they would have. And there even is a scene where she speaks up to her mother-in-law in an emboldened way that would not have happened if she would have been in the mindset of herself. And this is also the scene where her husband stands by her and is not repulsed or angry by the way how Ji Young behaves, but he's worried and really wants to help her and also protects her against his parents' ill will. And while we get to know right before we cut to the first retellings of Ji Young's childhood that she is now seeing a therapist to talk about, the thing that I found really interesting is that in the last Last chapter, we circle back to said therapist who now sort of concludes everything that he got to know about Ji Young's past alongside us along the book and how he only knows about the hardships women face in society because he is a medical professional who deals with trauma stemming from these situations. He, as a man, was never educated on this before he became a professional in the medical field. So this book is a strong recommendation, not only for females, but also for males, very clearly. And while seeing how Jiang was faring, I grew so grateful and appreciative of my own experience. And while I could definitely see a few situations from my own experience, there are also some where I know that my surrounding has overcome these ways of thinking and where I really do appreciate 
how the women who came before me paved the path for us to have it a bit easier. There's still a long way to go, of course, and we ourselves will hopefully even down the path even more for the women after us, but every little rock removed from the path counts, right? <laughs> And with this line of thinking, I want to conclude my mini review of Kim Ji Young Born 1982 by Cho Nam Ju. The writing style was really accessible and everyone can read and enjoy it. I really breezed through it like in a day. I just wanted to know what caused poor Ji Young to react like that. And along the way, my brain was really pushed to think back to past situations and also reflect on the current life status and how to move on from there in the best way possible. So a big recommendation for me, I gave it five stars. It was an awesome pick for Koreathon 2022. So read it, you will not regret it, but please check the trigger warnings up front because while I'm pretty well settled in my life and self and these thoughts talked about in the book really made me think and reflect, I'm well aware that these thoughts could lead other people down a darker path. So please be aware of that and protect yourself also while executing a hobby like reading. I really hope that my reading slump will be over soon. Wish me luck for that. Maybe if you want to leave me a book recommendation to get out of it, you can write me on Instagram at child of the library. And until next time, I hope that we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye.